0: Good morning. Make sure we're on here first of all. Happy Thanksgiving. You might be thinking, not yet. Not till Thursday. A couple years ago, Mom started having our dish and family Thanksgiving the Saturday before Thanksgiving. And so it just sort of throws me off for the whole time now. So I don't know, I don't know when Thanksgiving really is. But I know that we ate a whole lot of Thanksgiving food yesterday, which was, uh, which was pretty good. Um, and then I look forward to Thursday when I go to Mary's Mom's and we'll do it all again. So, uh, so, so that'll be fun. But it's Thanksgiving week. Um, for a school teacher, it's a short week. We only have to go to school for two days. Eliana told me this morning that Lincoln County didn't have school at all this week. I don't know if that's true or if she's just planning to skip, guys. Y'all might want to check on that. Uh, I don't know what's happening there. But, uh, but anyway, it's Thanksgiving week and there's many things for us to be thankful for. I told Ben before uh, a couple days ago that um, he was asking about songs. and so what's going to be about being thankful? If you turn the back of your songbook, page 1159, I think it is, but I could be wrong, there is a list of songs that are about, or that deal with Thanksgiving. There's 16 of them. And if you look in there, there's any number of songs that deal with different subjects. And I've used that before to pick songs for a certain time, but I think they might be beneficial for you as well. If you're ever dealing with something, sometimes songs help us with And it might be something, you know, as I'm feeling, you know, I, I would like to, you know, let's look at some songs about this or that. But anyway, there's 16 songs there about Thanksgiving. Now, not about the Thanksgiving holiday that we're about to celebrate. That's not really the same thing. But what's happened is, is that in our country, we sort of have these holidays pegged in. And what unfortunately happens is we sort of, Think about things on those days, but nothing else. You know, I think a whole lot about veterans on Veterans Day, but I don't know how much veteran thinking I do on March the 12th. I think a whole lot about ancestries that have passed on on Memorial Day, but maybe not so much on July the 17th. Well, how often do we think about Being thankful. Well, on Thursday of this week for sure, right? And maybe Friday if that's when we're getting together with our family. But how often do we think about being thankful on March the 12th or July the 17th, right? Do we pigeonhole our thankfulness into one spot? Well, thankfulness is a holiday. Happy Thanksgiving, you can see right here. But we should be thankful quite often. But we're going to look about some things today that we're thankful for. Because in that songbook there, on that last, on that, one of those last pages there, it does not say, sing in November. <laughs> Do not sing these songs in March or in July. But there's th- songs that we can sing or sing all the time. So let's talk about reasons why we are thankful To begin with, or excuse me, reasons for our thankfulness, as it were. Well, first of all, of all people, of all time, you've heard this before. We are most blessed. As a history teacher, one of the things I tell the kids all the time is, if we were to drop you back in time a hundred years or two hundred, you'd have fell over dead the first thing. Absolutely. All right? Absolutely. Because we talk about how that they took a bath once a year. We Mom took three baths a day when we were growing up. Once a year would be terrible. We'd fall over it, we'd smell something. I guess everybody else would smell that too. It'd be terrible, right? But we're blessed. We have so many things that can, that makes life so much better. I've told you this before, but I get upset when I'm tracking something that I've ordered and it hasn't come yet. Think about that. How does that even make sense? I can look online and see this hasn't shipped yet. Hurry up. Why aren't they working harder? But we live in a time where we've kind of got everything. So the question is, how often do we acknowledge and express our thanks? Well, we express our thanks for things that people do for us. How many of you have had somebody do something for you in the last week? How many of you have done something for somebody in the last week? You know, these are big and small things, but they are things. Mary makes supper. Somebody did something for me, because if she hadn't, I'd have had to figure that out. Something that someone does for us. Well, how often do we acknowledge those things? Well, maybe somebody loans us a vehicle to, to help move or something like that. Maybe somebody... <coughs> takes us somewhere or comes see us at the hospital if that were us or whatever it might be. Lots of reasons that we'd give thanks. We have many reasons to be thankful. So I want to look at three things here today for reasons of our thankfulness. And all of these Are things that are familiar to us. But we looked at Psalm 107, verses 1 through 8. Or excuse me, verses 1 and 8. But Psalm 107, verse 8, verse 15, verse 21, and verse 31 all say the same thing. So that last sentence that was read up here a minute ago, Psalm 107 and verse 8, and that men, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. That verse is repeated three more times in the 107th Psalm. That tells me that the writer of the 107th Psalm thought it was necessary for us to give thanks to God. And maybe four times in a chapter worthy uh, of mentioning that. Do we take the goodness of God for granted? How many things do we take for granted in our life? Things that are miraculous inventions to people 50 years ago. Today we get mad if they don't work once. us. How often do we take for granted the goodness of God? Well, think about this for a second. What if God wasn't benevolent? Benevolence is the, the giving, the, the repeated giving of something. What if God wasn't? Benevolent. How many things has God given us? Everything we've got, right? But what if he wasn't benevolent? What would we have? What would we be left with? What if rather than being good and kind with us, God was antagonistic toward us? Do you know anybody, did you ever know anybody been used in school that was just antagonistic? They had nothing they like better than to just poke at you and aggravate you. Will and I were talking about that this morning About being angry in class And I said and Will, asked him, have you ever been angry? And he said, he didn't really remember And I said, well probably because you don't have any brothers or sisters And about that time Eliana said something to Max in the other room And was like, so you can't relate to that at all All right? But if you've got a sibling, there's an antagonistic thing there But what if God Was antagonistic Poking at, at Would we be willing or would we desire to serve a God who was antagonistic toward us? I think not. Because most times when people are antagonistic, it leads us to be antagonistic back. Sometimes we take the goodness of God for granted. God is good all the time. You know that song, God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good, is so good to me. Think about that for a second. All the time. He answered prayers. He cares for me. All the verses that are in that song. God is good all the time. Now, that's really easy to say when we're successful, right? Man, I have blessed beyond measure. Got the house, got the car, got the family. What about when things go wrong? We've talked about this before. You've heard everybody that's ever stood in front of you has told you something similar to this. But people will want to blame who when things go wrong. God, why have you let this happen to me? This, why is God, God shouldn't be doing this to me. Well, it's easy to say God is so good when things are so good. But when they're bad, things get a little rough. We sometimes want to put the blame. You go to the book of Job chapter 1 verse 21 you can read it there on the screen but you can read the entirety of Job chapter 1 and it's just a litany of bad things happening to what would appear to be a very good person. But not only that in the book of Job the people that are supposedly close to Job try to get him in a sense to blame God for what his life said for him to curse God and die. Job had seen a situation go from here to hear, he went from somebody who seemingly had everything to somebody who had nothing, and that all happens in one chapter, and not even a long chapter at that. But at the end, the last verse of Job chapter one, in verse twenty-one, it says, "Naked I came from my mother's womb, and if you go there, and naked shall I return there?" Job has the right frame of mind right here. He says, "I don't have anything to start with." All that had been given to me had been given to me by God. Now, if it's gone, I'm the same place that I was to begin with. There's no reason to blame God. I'm not in the same spot. The Lord gives, and the Lord taketh away. And then he said, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job's mind was in the right spot. Because if you go through the rest of the book of Job, his friends come over and they kind of harass him and they make. But you know what happens to Job at the end? Job is repaid with double what he previously had. Now, that's hard for us to see in the moment, right? God is so good when things are good. God is so in when things are bad. But Job had the right frame of mind. Job said, God is good all the time. We'll make do, as it were, with what we've got. Number two, we need to give thanks. That God's mercy endures forever. You ever heard the 23rd Psalm? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Do you ever feel like you have forfeited, you've exhausted, you've sort of blown your chance at salvation? Be reasonable, too. The reason being is that how many of us have sinned before? How many, of us have, how many of us have sinned after we became Christians? So, sometimes if we're not careful, we might think, I don't know if I'm good enough to, make it in that, to be in heaven. I've blown that channel. The Bible doesn't really think, does really say anything. And the 136 Psalms says, Give thanks, God's mercy endures forever. And that should be something that we truly are very thankful for. Because not everybody that we come in contact with, mercy lasts forever. How many of you are at the end of your rope with some people in your life? All right? Sometimes we kind of have to cut people off in a way, right? I can't deal with this person anymore. But that's not how God treats us. I want everybody to turn to Luke chapter 15. There is a story here in Luke chapter 15 that every one of us know, that every one of us are familiar with. In 1 chapter 15, to start with, this is Jesus talking, and Jesus starts off telling about a person who had lost a sheep. And as a farmer, that would be a big problem. Piece of your livestock is gone, that's a piece of your money. It's going to cost you money. When the cows get out, you've got to go find them. And you may have to fix the fence or build a new fence to keep them in. When the sheep gets gone, you've got to bring them back in. Your responsibility is to shepherd all of those. After that, in Luke chapter 15, is the second story, which is the parable of a lost coin. Any of you ever stuck your hand in your pocket and found a $5 bill or a $10 bill? That ain't no better feeling in the world, is it? <laughs> and that's yours. You put it there. Last time I wore this coat, I, you know, every, in the winter, you'd be like, man, I, there's a $20 bill it has been in there since February. Man, this is awesome. That loss, we find that lost coin, you know, we don't want to, be, you know, we, we didn't miss it for the eight months, but we, 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 but we want that. All right? We found that. It makes us feel good we have found that. I think Jesus tells these three stories in a row for a reason. Because sheep are our livelihood. And the coin is the money that we have to be able to provide. But the third thing is more important than any. And that's the people that we're connected to. Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 11. And I'm going to read the whole thing and we'll stop a few times as you go with me. And then he said, a certain man had two sons. And the other of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided the his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, And no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be married. For this son, this, my son, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be married. Now think about that for just a second. That story exemplifies the mercy of God enduring forever. Because this boy... Left when he didn't need to. He had it all right there. And he would have gotten that inheritance later whenever his father died. But he left right then. Do we ever do that? Even after we've become Christians, do people sometimes leave or move away? And this boy went and he lived it up for a while. But after a while, things went bad. This famine hits. He's got this job, but he's just. He doesn't have anything to eat. He's starving to death. He's living with the pigs. He's in such a dire strait. And he comes to him. He said, wait a minute. Things are better for the servants at dad's house. Things are better there. I can go back and I can be the 100th rank servant. And that'll be, that'll be better than what it is. I've heard this story told before. And I know it's a parable. But it almost seems to me like the dad had spent a lot of time every day looking down the road. Thinking he might come back today. And I'd say he went to bed several times disappointed that he didn't. But the one day the father sees this son off in the distance. And he doesn't say, well, we'll wait till he gets to me. What's the dad doing? Runs to him, Right. And the boy says, I had messed up. You know, and dad says, yeah, we're going to have the best meal we've had. And I'm going to give you the best robe that I can have. How excited, how happy was the father to see the son? The son had went out and done wrong. And the son could have stayed there in the wrong. And he could have regretted and worried and fretted and said, I can't go back. I can't go back. But he said, I can go back. Luke chapter 15 is not about sheep and coins and inheritance. Luke chapter 15 is about the mercy of God and his willingness to see us make mistakes and welcome us back when we realize that we have done wrong. Amen. But we can stay sitting in the pigsty forever if we want to. Or we can say, God has enough. I'm not exhausted anything. I can come back. Number three. Give thanks for God's redemption. I can never think of the word redemption without taking a two steps to the next thing. First of all, I think about the Brady Bunch. Jess and I watched the Brady Bunch thousands of times. And in one of the episodes, they had checker stamps, and they could turn them in, they could exchange them, and the girls wanted a sewing machine, and I can't remember what the boys wanted, but the girl, they fussed and thought, and that's what the story was. And I think, wow, I don't know what it would have been like to have lived at a time like that. But after I think about checker trading stamps, I think about Mom's cousin's husband Bill, And he sang this song about green stamps. And I don't know, y'all neighbor know what these things are. You collect these stamps and you take them and you trade them in and you get stuff for them. Alright, well there's clearly an age divide because there's people in here that 100 uh, percent know what I'm talking about, and I don't have a clue what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> but I think about Bill singing this song of all these different things that he was gonna buy with his green stamps. But the word redeem is gonna buy back. And so you got these. You collect these things. You're gonna go buy them back. We need to come, or see, we need to give thanks for God's redemption. Right? Is that something for us to be thankful for? We come at a high price. Think about the most expensive thing that you have. Probably your house, automobile. Might be something, a piece of furniture. I don't know what you got. But there are things that we're willing to spend money on. I'm going to spend a little more on my house because I need a place that we can live in and I don't have to fret about. I'm going to spend a little money on my truck or my car because I want to know when I go out there to start it to go to work that it's going to take me to where I want to go. God spent his son on us it's a lot right 1st Corinthians chapter 6 verses 19 and 20 right here on the screen or do not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you who you have from God and you are not your own for you were bought at a price therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God that's hard for us to hear right My body is not my own. It was paid for by God. It was. God's son died for us. We've been redeemed and bought back. So if I'm not going to use that in the right way, I've wasted the money that's been spent. If I waste that, What good was it? John chapter 3, verse 16, last verse up here, you all know that. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I paid for this so you could have that. That's the same line of thinking we think about with our car or with our truck. Or with the valuable possession. God said, I paid my son, I gave my son for him to go down there and be killed so that you could be eternally in heaven. That's a big thing. We need to be thankful for God's redemption. Thanksgiving is a holiday. But it's not a one-day mentality. It's an everyday mentality. We need to be thankful for what God did for us every day. For what our family members do for us every day. For what our friends do for us every day. And we need to say thank you. Something good for us to think about. Be thankful every day. Thankful for God's goodness. Thankful for God's mercy. Thankful for God's redemption. One way that we can give thanks right now is if for some reason, you've never put on God Christ in baptism. You've never given that ultimate thanks for what was the ultimate give, gift. And right now, you can do that. When you come forth here in just a moment, you can come forth and you can say, you, we can fix that. But it might be that you've been baptized years ago. But you may be like that prodigal son, sort of drifting away. You've blown through the inheritance and you don't know what you need to do. But you know that coming back would be a first good step. We invite you to do that if that were the case. Whatever it is, whatever you need. Would much to come,